Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, White Sox fans, guess what? It is podcast 131. We are continuing to celebrate Soxivus. Uh, I launch right into intro instead of letting uh, Allie Wessel uh, sing us in. So that'll just have to be uh, after the break. So prepare your song, uh, drink the tea, Allie, because it's coming. All right. Uh, we are probably going to just go a half hour. This is miracles. Soxivus miracles. And we all know none of these miracles are going to happen. So this will be a briefer podcast than some of the other Soxivus uh podcasts we've had so far i'm brett Ballantini getting to host this uh the theme apparently was pajamas i'm you know i'm wearing them whatever um but yeah you're not watching anyway please you're listening because you guys are like cool in the car or in your office not paying attention to your boss listening to socks of us miracles we actually have a couple similar miracles so we're gonna i'm gonna actually weigh this toward the most popular miracles there's i think a couple uh duplicates so we're going to kick right off with jordan haas and adrian serrano both of whom think that uh eloy jimenez is due for a big season this is a fingers crossed sort of thing uh but uh adrian i'm going to let you kick off with uh, your thoughts on eloy and uh what he's going to do in 2023 i mean firstly just looking into it again just made me sad just for remembering the fact when you actually crunch the numbers that uh, he's only played in about 58% of available games in his first four seasons. But with that, I think I mentioned in my miracle that he is still in the top five of basically every offensive category for the White Sox since 2019, um, including second in home runs, even though he's got like a billion less uh, at bats than Jose Abraham's first in that category. Um and just there's something about also, uh, I think we take for granted the fact that 
we have some other players that maybe are talented, don't have the personality that goes with it, you know, into being a, um, not only would Eloy having a full healthy season and seeing what he can do in that time be good for the White Sox on the field, but I think just for the game off the field, I think he's just a, an infectious guy that doesn't even seem to ruffle feathers the way that a Tim Anderson does, another guy with a big personality, something on the wrong side of guys. Like, I feel like everybody, even the opponent, just love Eloy. It's impossible to not be endeared by him. Um, so to see a guy like that play 58% of his games and still have a 162-game average of, like, 36 home runs and 108 RBIs, like, I can only imagine what a full season would be uh, of watching that happen. And, Adrian, it's notable that with, with Eloy uh, under the curse of being hurt a lot of last season and having to play under Tony La Russa and Miguel Cairo, uh, it was noticeable to all of us, all fans, about how he, fi- for the first time, maybe he wasn't having fun. And that's, that makes the White Sox a much bigger drag uh, to watch. Uh, I believe you just said his 162 or whatever game average was something like 36 home runs. I believe uh, among... Jordan's prediction, she says uh, it's going to be maybe a 50, or the miracle at least says, a 50 home run season for Aloy. So let's talk a little bit about that, uh, Jordan. Yeah, that's that's my miracle. Is, okay. uh, Eloy stays healthy, and then we get uh, 50 home runs out of him. Uh, that's not much to ask, you know. <laughs> if his again, his 162-game average is, is, is 36 home runs. There's not there's, – there's only – there's a lot to go with there. I mean, he hit – Almost the most home runs last year on the team in 80 games. Exactly. I would argue the pace that he set in 2022 indicates that 50 is not, you know. It's not impossible. I mean, it's impossible, I, but it's not impossible. I, I also I also said he was going to lead the AL in RBIs and slugging percentage, which, again, with leading the league in home runs, it's pretty easy exactly. to do. Exactly. <laughs> just throw, him, throw everything in the bag for sure. Although, although, although he, with, with all of this, I did have a caveat. He would only come third in in MVP voting because even miracles can't save his defense. Mm, and fair. there'd be things, you know, numerous injuries that would keep him in left field and keep him from playing DH, which also would probably hurt him in an MVP candidacy. So he's going to have a nice, nice four or five war season, nice 50 home runs, nice 900 slugging percentage, you know, 170 RBIs. Yeah, right. that's the miracle. All right. He said and looked at for Eloy, uh, for as bad as he is, uh, Eloy out in left field, uh, and everybody clearly knows that he's that bad. He has managed to out-hit his deficiencies, which we have seen, you know, another very highly touted offensive prospect yeah. and not be able to out-hit his deficiencies in the field. Um, yeah, I think just baseball in general, I think, would be very much better off with a healthy 162 from Eloy. Yeah, and to Jordan's point, I mean, at this point, the White Sox have two outfielders on the roster, and that's if you count Eloy as an outfielder. So we're going to see Eloy in the outfield, uh, barring a miracle that, hey, smells like a transition. Uh, next topic that's very, very uh, hot, um, both Lee Allen and Hamster are, are alluding to sort of like getting rid of Rick Hahn, uh, and, and Lee's not here to talk about it, nor is Hamster. So, I mean, it's self-explanatory. Get the guy out of town. And you want to talk about the least likely miracle of all. It's the least likely miracle of all. Let's talk about one that might be, well, it's hardly more realistic, but Tommy Barbie, Father Saxibus himself, has a Rick Hahn-related one. So before I stumble all over it uh, any further, Tommy, just lay your Rick Hahn miracle on us. 
I, the mayor of mediocrity <laughs> decides to actually spend some money on this roster and get some guts and do things a different way. And I only say this, we mentioned it earlier on the Slack. The only way for this team to get markedly better is to trade from the one area of strength that they have, which I don't even think it's that great of a strength, but trade those bullpen arms, get some other players that can play. And, you know, you do it through trades, you do it some through free agency as well. It's not a great free agent class for the White Sox, but that to me, you know, Rick Hahn used to be initially pretty aggressive on free agent market and the and trades that he would make. Uh he made some very sneaky deals that blew up in his face. He made some free agent acquisitions that I think also blew up in his face. And consequentially, he's become to me very safe outside of the trade deadline. Um, you know, a couple of years ago where he just went for it. And that was like the only time we've, we've seen that side of Rick Hahn. I think that this is as good a time as any for him to be a little bit more aggressive. And that is my wish. And my miracle is that somehow, some way he finds a way to flip a Liam Hendricks, some of the other guys that they picked up, get some actual offense and defensive pieces that can make for a cohesive team that we can say, Going into the season, yes, this team is an improvement from last year. Tommy, your voice didn't catch once. It didn't crack. It didn't get higher, <laughs> indicating you're lying. So somehow you are convicted that this actually could happen. It's, it just seemed un, less and less likely as you talked. It, <laughs> it's which... not likely at all, which is why it's a miracle. <laughs> but, I mean, I think for any rational person affiliated with the White Sox, this is the only way forward. And it's either that you do it now in hopes that you can make the playoffs or you do it in July, knowing that you're going to have to offload all the salary that you've acquired, accumulated over this time, because Jerry's going to say it's time to sell again and we're back to rebuild mode. Let me make a clear, Father Saxibus. This was not an indictment of your debate ability. It was a very no, convincing yeah. argument. It's just <laughs> we all know I, I, I know it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, we got time to, to, to goof around. We're going to end up with probably some cutting room, uh, floor miracles anyhow by the end of this. So, uh, let's pull some of these quick. Let's, uh, hop right off of, uh, Tommy's here. Uh, let's not evaluate whether or not they'll be good moves, but let's just take it at face value. Cause I think all Tommy's saying is he's going to be, he's going to make aggressive. Moves. So they're not going to be necessarily good ones. So. Let's not forget, let's assume they're not going to be good, whatever. What's the likelihood that he uh, doesn't see a shadow, he doesn't just hide for the entire 2023 season, he actually makes trades? Give me a percentage what the likelihood of Rick Hahn being aggressive this offseason is going to be. I'm going to start with Allie. What is your estimate of that being a likely miracle to actually happen? I give it like a 60-40. Okay, 60% he'll be aggressive. Okay. Yeah. All right. He's very happy right now with the coach that he picked and the fact that he's getting to make some other. <laughs> he's getting a little aggressive. He's getting well, a little he's, froggy. You know, he's getting a little, he's getting a little happy that he's like making, he's getting to make these hires of this new coaching staff. So I think mm-hmm. he might get a little, a little giddy and yeah, it's getting a little power crazy. He's like, yeah. I can tell him his lineup and he's just yeah. like on a nod. Yeah. Uh, okay. The Joe, idea of Rick Hahn feeling himself is just kind of funny to me. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I'm going to make a trade. I got yeah. this. I'm. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm good at my job. <laughs> some talk of OnlyFans or my fans one day last year somewhere. Anyway, that's a whole different podcast. Joe, this is related, and we'll get to your uh, miracle next. But uh, just the simple likelihood of Rickon actually being aggressive and not afraid of his own shadow for 2023. I'll give it 70%. I mean, ag- oh. aggressive doesn't necessarily mean good, wow. but I think he will be active. I'm impressed. Okay. Dante, you going to keep this role going? You got faith that Rick's going to just do something? Absolutely not. <laughs> nope. Um, I'm at about 40% and it's just 40% because sometimes when your job's online, you pull out all the, the jobs online. <laughs> and like one, his job really ain't online, but no. like in theory, his job should be online yes. because Understood. like he's been mediocre at best. He is the mayor of mediocrity anyway. So, you know, mm-hmm. So if he like takes a big swing and like surprises everyone, goes and does what the twins did last year and get Carlos Correa, like something like that, like I would be happy. But I don't think so. I yeah. don't think he will because it's Rick Hahn. And Rick yeah. Hahn, along with most White Sox um employees, are cowards. Yeah. Yeah, they are proving that uh time and time again. Uh okay, Tommy, it's your miracle. What's it gonna be? I, I'm leaning more towards 40 to 50%. And I, I do want to reiterate that I don't think these will be good trades. Right. So I'm yeah. glad that we're adding that sort qualifier of a because nothing's going to be pretty, but I would at least respect him for trying. Cause mm-hmm. I do think, like Dante said, he, his job may not be on the line, <laughs> but it very well should be that this is like his dream scenario where he gets his manager he gets to pick the coaches he gets the people that he wants he can Mm -hmm. set the lineups this should be all on him and he should treat it that way so that means that he gets to make these trades to try to you know put it all on the line but i i 40 50 percent sounds about right to me okay Um, Uh, before we continue on i just want to say rickon is the guy that said if I thought I wasn't a guy for the job, I would step down. So I'm going to need him to be a person of his word, which people in this industry aren't. But be a person of your word. And if you can't make an ALCS run, which I don't think they will. We'll save that for next year. But if you can make an ALCS run, then, hey, congrats. You get to stay for another few years. Right. If you can't even, like bring me an ALCS run, please leave. Just let us let's let us go back to the toilet. The optimism is just oozing from this podcast. It's extraordinary. Okay, theoretically, Adrian, Rick Hahn's job is on the line. In theory, uh, so will that drive him to make uh, moves and be aggressive? What is your uh, estimate? What is your percentage estimate? He's going to make moves. So I mean, but is he going to be aggressive? I guess is the question. Like, sure. They're going to sign two to three people of varying quality. They're going to make at least one trade. What it is, I don't know. It could be, you know, Zach Collins type trade. But the question is, do I think he's going to be aggressive? I'd probably say maybe 35% yes. That, All right. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm being very loose with aggressive because right. I'm going to sign a bigger deal than they did last year in signing Larry Garcia three years, six years. <laughs> see them giving anybody that deal which is it sounds crazy because of all the holes this team has and it'd be very Mm. even go conservatively to 200 million like not 
open every door, but say, hey, you can go to 200 million. We know that we want to win. We know that we made mistakes. We, we're just going to have to outspend them for a couple years here to re-establish uh, our you know, organization the way we want to, but it's just not going to happen. That So they're going to be stuck here around 165, 170 million. And you can't feel the positions, you know, at some level, somebody, but they're not going to take a chance of a big contract coming back at them like the Yasmani Grandal has the last year and a half or so. So I just, I can't see him being aggressive, but I'll give him, you know, 35% chance. Right. Uh, going out and signing an actual free agent. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any GM could, should be able to spit in the wind and he, I sure, he surely will at least do that. Okay. Jordan, uh, estimate of aggressiveness again, somewhat, um, you know, it's a little bit of a vague term, but, uh, in your eyes, uh, aggressiveness from Rickon likelihood. Well, it depends on your definition of aggressive. Okay. Because I think, I think Rick Hahn a hundred percent is going to make moves that he thinks are aggressive. But might not necessarily, well, but almost certainly will not be aggressive moves in fact. He might, you know, trade some bullpen arms for a, a, a mediocre second baseman, but he thinks that's aggressive because he's like, oh, I'm dismantling this bullpen. Yeah. This really, really good, really, really yeah. good. Bullpen. In your eyes, we know Rick Hahn lives in his own little, he's in this protected little, you know, uh, bubble that, that Jerry, you know, he just puts, he slides the food outside the door and, you know, Rick Hahn grabs it and, and eats and then goes back to binging whatever television show he's binging. In your eyes, what's the likelihood of him being aggressive in your eyes? 57%. You are all very aggressive. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more Adrian. I'm going to under an Adrian. I'm going to say like about 15%. He's actually going to be aggressive. Yes. He'll spin his wheels. And yeah, of course, aggressive is like, you know, by definition, but aggressive, productive, you know, I know we know it's not going to be productive, but really going after it. He's got the excuse. He's going to draft behind this whole thing. Like, you know, payroll's going down or it's going to stay the same. Even saying goodbye to Jose Abreu, if that does happen, clearly Jose, if he comes back, is going to get less money because he's just going to get that lifetime contract deal or whatever. Uh, so yeah, I don't see it, but it's okay. I can be the grump. I can be the Grinch that stole, uh, socks of us. No problem. Let's take a quick break. We only got a couple more miracles actually to go through. We might do a little bit more polling, a little more cutting room floor stuff. Maybe there's some really exotic B sides that we can talk about in terms of, uh, miracles. Let's take a break. Uh, come back in a minute. Uh, Allie may or may not sing. Um, but, uh, we'll see. We'll discuss that during the break very briefly. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, don't stay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, we are not singing coming out of the break. Uh, I guess that'll be for next podcast. Uh, this is part two of our, uh, Saxivus miracles podcast. And believe me, if you listen to, you're here now, so you must have listened to part one and you know, these are some far out miracles, even though in theory, if we were fans of a normal team, these probably wouldn't be considered miracles, but guess what? We're white Sox fans and you know, this is what Saxivus is for. Uh, this is why. Father Barbie woke up, uh, Father Saxivist, Tommy Barbie, uh, he's also Father Barbie, by the way, woke up one day last year and said, you know what? 
I have to do this for White Sox fans. It's going to be a lot of work. I'm going to show up to a lot of podcasts. I'm going to do some writing. But doggone it, these White Sox fans need socks of us. Uh, if for no other reason we can just commiserate and be together and sort of weep together for the season to come. We didn't do that last year because we thought F of a 93 win season. Wow. The, 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 the delightful, uh, the candy cane factory that was ahead for us, but 500 season and seems like the trend lines are looking down. Uh, Joe, it's related to the, uh, it's Rickon related. It's very specific. However, you're, you're good for specific miracles. Your miracle did not come true last year. I think all of us were very happy that Brett Gardner did not join the Chicago White Sox last year. So tell me who you want on the team as your miracle because it's a guy that you've been sort of chasing for the Sox for a bit. Yes, um, I'm very happy I get to talk about this today. Um, this is a, a, a player very near and dear to my heart and, and has been for you know, the past pretty much seven years or so. Um, so yeah, Kenta Maeda, um, I've kind of had my eye on him since he was in Japan. Um, and he, so yeah, he caught my attention. He had really good numbers, you know, pretty much across the board over there. Um, and uh, I got a Japanese minor um, back in school. I, I was always looking to, like, practice my Japanese abilities whenever I could. I came across his blog as he was one of the top pitchers over there. And I just came to know about, uh, wow, this this guy, uh, he, it was always, like, a good read. Like, it's just a fun read. You know, no, no assignment on any of this stuff. I just kind of got to read it for fun. And... It, he just always came across as like a very nice guy to me. You know, always talking about like team dynamics. You know, his, you know, his um, raising a, um, you know, his his young children. Um, you know, talking about his family. Like, just talked about a lot of just kind of wholesome topics on on his blog. And and um, the Dodgers, as a result, were my bandwagon team the entire time he was there. Um, and. I will slide in the fact that, like, when he hit the home run in his major league debut, not only did he pitch six shutout innings, by the way, in his debut, he also homered in that. And that was like seeing the in play runs flash across the screen when he hit that was one of the happiest moments of my life, I think. <laughs> um, and yeah, so the twins, unfortunately, traded for him. <laughs> yeah. And so I've had a lot of conflicted feelings of, you know, when he pitches, you know, the past few years. Um, but, um, yeah, I do think he would, despite his age, despite him coming off time John surgery, that he does have a good place on the White Sox roster. They desperately need starting pitching. Um, the back end of the rotation is really not set in stone at all. Um, and, um, I think he could do a lot of good for them and, um, come back to haunt his old team and uh, make me forget that he was ever there. Yeah. Yeah, the White Sox need the arms. Uh, they probably do need veteran presence. Um, they're going to have innings. They had innings last year. They're going to have innings to give out because Davis Martin should not be getting 32 starts. Michael Kopech is not going to get 32 starts. I don't know if there's anybody on the team. Uh, Dylan Cease manages to take the ball uh, every five, six, eight, whatever days it is now in the major leagues. Uh, similar and related, let's switch right over to Allie Wessel because it is pitching related. It is, I hope a guy has something like 50 homers, but it's not quite that. It is actually a pitcher. So in a walk year, who are you hoping does, does phenomenally for the White Sox this year, Allie? Yeah. I mean, pending, you know, Rick Hahn doesn't decide to trade him, I guess. Um, 
I just really hope Lucas Giolito has a bounce back season. I would take any, I would take 2019, 2020, or 2021 Giolito to be, you know, quite honest with you. I mean, obviously 2019 was that peak season where he had like a 3.4 ERA, pitched three complete games, um, and struck out like 228 batters. So that's obviously like peak Lucas Giolito that I would love to see, but any version of those three years would be great to see coming off of a season where you were 11 and nine with a 4.9 ERA um, career lows since, you know, becoming a regular in a starting rotation uh, with like 160 innings and not even 180 strikeouts. Uh, obviously, you know, he struggled with that abdominal strain and then got COVID and then was dealing with some, you know, long after effects of COVID. So I don't think he was a hundred percent healthy really at any point this season. Um, we saw some streaks here and there of him in 2022 of, you know, like there might still be something there, but um, if Ethan Katz can fix him once, I think he could fix him again. Yeah. <laughs> That's my uh, hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's um, let's, let's quick pull this one. And if you have other thoughts on Lucas, you can throw them in there uh, too. It's not going to be whether he uh, likelihood of him bouncing back because he did have stretches that indicate he's certainly capable of it. Although some of his peripherals, some of his numbers are very worrisome uh, and he's going to have to somehow get over them if he thinks he's going to get that, uh, what would it be? Nine figure contract, whatever it is, the one that the White Sox won't give him. Uh, okay. Allie, we'll start with you. Uh, what is the likelihood that Lucas Giolito plays for the White Sox beyond 2023? Oh, beyond 2023. Um, like 20%. Okay. Joe. I'll I'll give it 60%. Wow. All right, Dante. Depends on how he plays. If he plays great, then like he has a better chance of being re-signed by the White Sox than I do of growing six inches in height, but you know, <laughs> maybe 10% of him coming back if he's good. Because the White Sox don't keep good players or they try to underpay them. Okay. And if he sucks, oh, he okay. will be back. Because that's just what they do. Oh, boy. If he is okay. like, if he's 2022, Lucas Giolito, he might be back for like a three-year deal to be the fifth starter <laughs> on the team. If he's 2019, Lucas Giolito, okay. he's going to like 150 for five years from like a contender. Okay. All right, so we got two answers from Dante, who definitely did extra credit on that uh, answer. To, uh, Tommy, you didn't have to be as detailed. Uh, likelihood? Zero. You got – okay, I'll just throw mine in. I'm right with you. Zero. Adrian, what is your uh, estimate? He gone. <laughs> Another zero. It's getting ugly. <laughs> He's probably – I'd put it 50-50 at him being here this year. They're going to – Agreed. Oh, okay. Agreed. Yeah. Wow. Well, you guys, you yeah, guys same. Like, skeptic I was like, me. I'm expecting the trade to happen before like okay. July is over. Wow. I, I gotta say, I, I, I need to chime in here a little okay. bit. Um, yeah, the if they trade him now, I would be devastated. I mean, it, like you couldn't pick a worse time to trade him. In exactly. Like, like you're selling, you couldn't possibly sell any lower. Right. Like, this, like I guess it's the White Sox, so you know, you 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 can't really be surprised by them doing terrible things anymore. But like. Yeah, that that would I would be very upset if they did that unless they got a a ridiculous return for him. Yeah, Joe Joe Rickon's like, well, we were five hundred with like two spots missing in the roster. Let's just get rid of another one and maybe we'll like win eighty games. Hey, let's you know it's some sort of weird game of chicken. Okay, uh, Jordan, estimate on uh, Lucas coming back after next year. Fifty fifty. Okay. I think I think 
I think if he's good, but not like 2019 good, they'll trade him at the deadline. I think if it's great, they're going to keep him and try and run into the playoffs with him, but then they will not resign him. And I'm with Dante. If he's bad there, he's, he's back for like three or four more years. <laughs> okay. Let me go nuts with the prediction here. He's good. He's just good enough, but not, it's not a no brainer. He's just good enough. The White Sox are faced with offering him the, the qualifying offer. And then the Rick Hans on the clock again. What's he going to do? Is he going to give in to the pressure or not? Oh, I, I almost want to see it now. Uh, okay. Final miracle. Uh, mine probably doesn't even matter, but maybe we'll get to it. Um, is uh, from uh, Dante. It's what we've talked about a lot. <laughs> People, it's come up during Soxivus here and there, and it just has to do with the health of the team. So what exactly is the miracle as you see it, Dante Jones? All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, great people <laughs> sent us everything. I'm Pastor Jones, and I'm going to sit here and pray for you. <laughs> I'm going to pray for the White Sox. Good Lord, will you please, please deliver this team a medical staff that knows what the hell they're doing? Excuse me for cursing while well, praying to you, but <laughs> at this point, we need it because everybody's injured on this team, it feels like. G, um, Gio, like with the abdominal strain, or Tim Anderson is supposed to be out four to six weeks and misses the entire seat the rest of the season with his injury, or Joe Kelly just being a walking billboard for how horrible the White Sox <clears throat> trainers have been this entire like last couple of years. Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert playing with obviously messed up wrist. Like, there's so many injury problems, and that's the thing. Like, I think this team could have been like four or five games better if, people, if they were healthier. That's not winning the division, obviously, because the Guardians won the division handily at the end of the year. But like I said in why I wrote up, if, say, Tim Madison can return after four weeks, maybe that race against the Guardians at the end of the year is a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have a few more wins tucked in mm-hmm. before they have to go into that three-game set at home against the Guardians where they just got swept and, like, look like a fish out of water. So that's my miracle that I don't expect to happen because Chicago sports teams are very notorious for having horrible medical staffs. Um, example one, Rose Derrick, I believe his name is. <laughs> um, Dante, until you sort of put these pieces together for him, I didn't really think of this, but Rick Hahn is craftier than I thought. He actually signed Joe Kelly already injured, so it would put less attention on the terrible training staff of the White Sox because Rick can say, he was injured when I signed him. We didn't do anything to him. That's crafty. That's a general manager who will never lose his job. Uh, my uh, miracle is related to last year's, and I could just put it on repeat uh, last year, and I bring this up all the time. I brought it up this year, and it had to do with uh, I don't know, being, being straight with, uh, transparency, I think was mine last year. Well, I'll tweak it this year. I'll, I'm going to say respect. And we know this is the least likely of all miracles to happen. Respect for the fan base, respect even for the process in your, within your own organization. But that's not my business. I'm not in the organization. Respect for the fan base. That has to do with transparency as well. But let's just turn a page that says, you know what? We're going to try to start over. Some people have written me off already. Rickon could say or Jerry Ranzar could say. But you know what? I'm actually going to try to be just a little bit more legit, a little bit more straight. And if things ain't working out, maybe I'll maybe I'll just shut up instead of just running my mouth in the dugout and sounding a fool. 
it's not going to happen. I know that, but I mean, they already tried to bamboozle me this week with season tickets. So I'm gonna <laughs> say your chances are pretty low. Yes, early returns, even as I have not even yet written my miracle, just decided what it's going to be. Yes, early returns aren't so good, uh, given the mass mailing. And I do like your response. Wasn't your response of like, are you kidding? Well, I mean, was the response of like, no brainer season ticket renewal? Like, no, this can't be yeah. happening, right? They told me that I was like on auto renewal. <laughs> And I never told them that I wanted to be on auto renewals. I just got an email saying like your deadline to change your form of payment has passed. We'll charge your card at the end of the month. And I was like, um, since when, but then I pretty much told them, I do not want these seats. I do not want these tickets. Please do not renew them. But Allie, we already sent you a box of hats. I never got that. Oh, well, yeah, I don't know. I got that once. Yeah, some, I did not some get sort that of swag. I am, I'm now a little upset about that. Okay, well, okay. You're welcome, White Sox. See, listen, you got to be good to your people or else little things like that going to slip out. Well, I didn't get anything this year, so maybe they've just given that up. Maybe it was the heady days of whatever, 2000, whenever I had tickets some years ago. Uh, okay, any um, any other miracles that maybe uh, were there? Uh, did anybody have one that was just sort of like you know uh, a toss up of of what to choose? Is there anything that's truly cutting room floor material that we should bring out in this one? All right, so um, I was watching a video earlier about someone's list of like the top fifty players they predicted for the beginning of the season. They was like going over it, and they predicted Yasmani Grandal as the best catcher in baseball last year. Like they that's that was his prediction mm-hmm. before the season began, mm-hmm. and um, Yasmani Grandal had a sixty four. Um, OPS plus, which yes. um, OPS plus hundred is average, as most people yep. know. Sixty four is pretty low, below average. So, if they're gonna keep him and not do the thing I wish they would do, which is sign Wilson Contreras, which goes back to my whole they're not gonna be aggressive. Mm-hmm. If they don't sign him and like Yasmani is the guy, him or him and Sebi like as a tandem, I just hope that Yas can stay healthy mm-hmm. and Yas can. Go regain regain his 2021 self where he wasn't necessarily healthy, but in the, around the same amount of games did so mm-hmm. much more. Mm-hmm. So that would be nice if he could walk like the way he used to walk. Maybe get hit bombs <laughs> like he used to. Also, yeah. Joe, for a record, I looked up the Kenta Maeda home run. It wasn't a cheap one. He smoked that ball. <laughs> Joe was happy. <laughs> well. Um, Yasmani Grandal's working with the Blackhawks strength and conditioning team. So like things, things are looking up. It's, yeah. Dante, let me speak. That does somehow get worse because of just that organization. <laughs> oh God. That's a whole nother podcast. Uh, Dante, let me speak for you and say, we don't need him to be the best catcher in baseball. How about he could be a hundred. Give, let's get just a hundred. Let's make him average. If he could be average, yeah. that would be huge because he's not killing the team. Exactly. Because his bat, especially towards the end of the season was pathetic. Just pathetic. And his like his framing isn't great anymore. His arm strength, like trying to throw runners out, isn't what it used to be. So I just want a healthy, better Yasmine Grandal. Yeah, when you're looking at like an Adam Dunn category of like falling off a cliff, that's just not the company you want to be keeping. Uh, any other uh, cutting room floor uh, miracles we, we ought to be sure to get to? Yeah, my backup was uh, what do you call a bad miracle? And it was uh, based around just having Dylan Cease get hurt already and get it, oh, super, God. get it out of the way. You know it's coming eventually. So, like, can we just, like, get past it and not work <sighs> and, and not be worried? 
Um, but that was uh, Tommy I, John, talk about Tommy cutting room floor. John. Cut. Uh, so, cut. That's uh, getting cut. I cannot have that putting that in the universe. Uh, well, and, and listen, oh, how about here? I'm going to spin this positive, Adrian. Although, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Well, that's sort of amazing. The two seats. I mean, given the fact he came to the White Sox with injury history has been, oh my God, we're totally freaking cursing him, aren't we? Uh, but I mean, he, he takes the ball. I mean, credit to him. You know, he doesn't even have his booster shot. He doesn't get sick. There's something going on behind those eyes. I don't want to know what it is, but yeah, healthy as it is. Any other cutting room floor stuff? Um, Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn combined like maximum 30 games in the outfield and that's both of them together and i know that that's stretching it but uh i would love (laughs) right now it's stretching it but and i don't know how here's the problem if if they're not playing does that mean they're like good players that are going to take i mean granted anybody in the outfield is is better than those two but how many guys are i'm going with it it's like here's what's happening Jose Abreu is not coming back. Like realistically, I've kind of, I'm in the camp of like Abreu is not coming back. So therefore Andrew Vaughn is going to spend the majority of his time at first base. And then Gavin Sheets theoretically then is moving into a DH spot as would be my hope, but occasionally you're probably going to have to throw him in right field. Because I like this until, like, it's, you know, Lurie Garcia's playing outfield every day. Like, mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, this isn't a miracle. This is just a slightly different nightmare. Well, you what see, I what really I would, before. what I would really love, Tommy, like, in a whole nother world, Rick would, like, loop Lurie in on a random trade of just <laughs> a little bookend. And then you wouldn't have to worry about him anymore. But, like, I know that that's never happening, so that's right. <laughs> Now bringing it up. <laughs> I mean, his best friend Tony Larusa is a hang boy, so you know it might help. Yeah, yeah. So Ali's saying it's going to be Yoki Cespedes in the outfield for 120 games. All right, you know, hey, listen, it could work. He had a hot spring last year. Maybe he'll actually keep his hot spring going. Okay, listen, uh, it's going to be a uh, a random speed round because apparently things have really changed. My opinion hasn't changed, but Ali's has. Uh, Jose Abreu come back to the White Sox. A lot of buzz now. I'm going to go to the Padres or the Cubs or whatever the hell. Twins. Oh, my God, the Twins. All right. Uh, is Jose Abreu going to be on the White Sox next year? Ali. I, I mean, I just said no. I said no. All right. Well, I'm going to make you say it again. And you could have sang it. Uh, I'm going down to Jordan. Jordan, uh, um, Jose coming back next year. No, he's on the Padres. Oh, for God's sake. Joe. No, well, I, and I think he'll go to Houston. For God's sake. You guys make me sick. This whole second half is getting cut. Adrian, is he coming back? Yes, he is coming back because spending all their funds on Jose Abreu is the most white side. <laughs> I'm with you, Adrian. Yes, he is coming back. How can you say goodbye to Pedo? Uh, Tommy Barbie, Father Soxibus, what's your thoughts? No, he's going to be a cub. Jesus Christ. You guys are all fired. Dante, what's happening next year with Jose? Um, He's not coming back. Thank God the Yankees already re-signed Rizzo because that was my pick for where he was going. Because, well, he's he's good. And the Yankees buy good. And mm. they wouldn't have had a first baseman if Rizzo didn't resign. Mm. And also, like, she, like, I really want Jose back because I was talking to Maliki the other day and he was the best hitter on the team for the most part the entire season. You kind of have to bring that back. I was just riding him DH and let Andrew Vaughn play first base and sing Javin Sheets away and actually go sign outfielders. 
But as the White Sox, we don't do that. And Dante, that's exactly what's going to happen. Give me a break. Come on. Uh, all right. In spite of the fact that I fired uh, almost this entire podcast crew, I believe we will be back next week. I think it's going to be Saxivus Gifts, which, believe it or not, is a little bit different than this. But we'll explain that to you next week. And that's probably going to be a longer podcast. I don't know whether we'll be wearing pajamas or Allie will be singing or there'll be uh, 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 cat promos or Allie will show her coffee mug off or Father Saxivus will uh, will show out. I cannot promise any of that. They will be back. I'm not firing anybody, although the second half of this podcast has disgusted me. I hope it has not disgusted you. Please listen next week. Socks of Us continues. We'll be back with 132, 133, 138, whatever it is. For all this crew, see you around. We'll see you in a week.